the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. This is our national edition of our program. We are live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. This hour of Real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. All right, boys. Sammy? Yeah? What's the Morgan watch right now? Are we going to get a decision or what? I'm not going to hold this whole show up hostage for just one lousy announcement, are we? I don't know. The, the longer it goes. Microphone. Turn your mic on. Turn your mic on. Uh, every time for the show. <laughs> why I think it's taking a long time is because they're making a breakdown video to explain to you why it's a <laughs> thousand game suspension for Riley. Like, yeah. Here's what he did, what we saw. Do they have any other this choice? This is not a hockey play. <laughs> do they have any other choice but to match David Perron's yes. six game? Of course they do. I mean, it's so different to me. The, the guy who gets hit knows he's getting hit. The guy who gets hit isn't hurt. The guy who gets hit it is kind of guides the stick up. It's way less than Perron for me. Cross-checking is a common penalty in the game. Sure. It can usually be sufficiently penalized by the on-ice officials. <laughs> And it was. Sure. I game, this is cross-checking. I get, like, chills of, like, grade <laughs> six history class with a National Geographic movie, you know, on a Friday at Listen 2 p.m. Narrator. Yeah. Yeah. Narrator? 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 Is that what you're looking for? Struggling. It's hey. all right. Words, national show. Ah, that's that's only my job. That sounded like we were attending an insurance seminar. <laughs> it is a very computerized-sounding voice to me. But anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, we will await that. Um, you know, in the meantime, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to look very different. Jake McCabe on power play one. Uh, they play the St. Louis Blues tonight in what should be a, a real test with no defenseman. Legison in, Lilligren, top pair. Very different looking Toronto Maple Leafs team. In a few minutes, we'll welcome in Elliot Friedman, Hockey Night in Canada, 32 Thoughts. We'll, we'll get into the Morgan Riley suspension hearing and uh, how early he expects to hear an outcome or well, whether or not they could even drag into puck drop tonight. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, lots of talk now that the uh, All-Star break is over and 30 games to go, but a lot less towards the March 8th deadline. And we got to think things are heating up. Yeah, you know, the interesting talk, and it's something that Elian mentioned on Saturday's headlines, was about Markstrom have you know the flames and devils just having a conversation or two because it makes sense the devils are looking for someone with some term he's been excellent this year god he was so good in that loss last night the goaltending was incredible last night yes on both sides calgary loses to the new york rangers at two nothing but that was a classic goaltending battle and i tell you what if i'm a team like the new jersey devils I am all over Markstrom. Well, and if you're the Flames, just looking at the arc of where you're trying to get to, it doesn't make sense to keep Markstrom. And all right, so next year he's a, who knows? Who made an 890? And you can't trade him anymore because he's got two years at six left. Like, he has real value right now. He's, this is the time for them. So we'll see if they decide to act on that or not. We'll lean on Elliot for that one, too. I'm sure he knows stuff about things. Mm. Yeah. And it's, uh, it is a fairly uh, busy, I think, goaltending market right now. Who else do you think would be of interest out there? Saros. Oh, yeah. So Nashville is currently chasing the second wild yeah. card spot. Yeah. 
But they're taking calls on Soros. They are, eh? Yeah. And they're 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 listening. Super tempting as you know, he's a guy with another year on his deal. I think he makes five five. Yeah. So you get him for two playoff runs. And he's been a Vesna finalist, right? A number of times now. And the other one is in Atlanta or uh, Anaheim. Atlanta's and, already in your head. Yeah. Uh, Gibson. I'm John. sticky here in the Gibson thing. Like no. is he going or not? No. Like is he even good anymore? He plays in a bad team every year. And that's why he's very tempting because you don't know my i assume that if you're trading for him you believe that your team's way better than anaheim's so i want to see him on a better team i will say saros is having a bit of a down year this year after you know 920 so 915 914 927 918 919 and then down to 902 this year yeah so that's like league average yeah crummy team yeah you know yeah they've been pretty good 297 goals against this year for him. So I'd bet on a guy like him for sure. Well, obviously. Yeah. yeah. You like him more than Ilya Samsonov? I do. You do? I do. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I do Just like take, him. Yeah. Well, I've, I mean, I think I was talking about this last year, the deadline, where it's like, this is a guy to me where you trade your finest meats and cheeses to get him because he makes a difference. Like, it's not getting a, another backup type of guy that maybe can contribute. You're getting a bona fide starter for this year and next where you actually have a chance to go deep because you're going to get really good goaltending. So Nashville doesn't believe typically that they're a team that can bottom out in that market. Am I? Is that fair to say, Kip? Like they're they like to just at least stay in the mix every year. Listen, I I, I think I think Vancouver's ruined it for a lot of clubs to think that you have or that you need a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I think I think organizations. Uh, are going to look at uh, ownership groups, are going to look at the, the Vancouver Canucks and go back to their general manager or president and say, hey, put me on the Vancouver uh, program there where yeah. they get to compete in a year and a half. Right. I'm going to say, give me Pedersen and Quinn Hughes and Thatcher Demko. Give me, give me a great number one center D and goalie. We can do that. That's the hard part is putting that, those pieces together. Do you think Roman Yossi would ever be an option? For someone? I don't think so. He makes $9 million, yeah. uh, for this well, year and three more. He's 33 years old. They don't seem to be trying to win. I don't know today. if that market can do that. You got to have some stars, eh? You need to sell tickets. and The stars that decor has had over the years. My God. And this guy can still be good for three or four years still. Yeah. I think he can play at a high level at 35. He doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to fall off a cliff. No. I'm very much in, on team, like, you need good players. Even if you're rebuilding, you need some guys. Look at the Raptors, and Scotty Barnes suddenly doesn't have any great veterans around him, and he's having a pout fest in the Don't loss. Bring Don't bring that up. Sammy was there last night. Eh? Yeah, it was. He watched Wembenyana have a triple-double of hey. 10 blocks. Yeah, I don't want to do really Raps takes in the National Honor, but that is the most impressive thing I've maybe ever seen live at a sporting event was Victor Wembenyama. 25, the dunk 27, on Pirtle from... 27 points, 15 rebounds, 11 blocks, triple-double with blocks. seven foot four. four. And he moves like he's four. a point guard. And he's yeah, like, slender man. He's just moving around out there. It's I've, nev- I've never seen anything like it. It was it truly is, mind-blowing. Yeah. It was so anyway, crazy. So the Raptors, they're 10 and 40-something, and they yeah. beat the Raptors by 30 last night. Scotty Barnes left the bench Elliot's early, having way. a pout. Oh. He's on his way. Okay. So Was he shoveling? Maybe. It's it supposed to snow Thursday, so... Maybe he's getting the... the and how were, how were your seats last night? Very good, Kipper. Thank very you. Very good. <laughs> yeah, very good. You bet you, kid. And we, we actually, uh, hopefully no Scotiabank Arena uh, security are listening, but we moved down even further. 
And we got we were like almost courtside. Is it, it kind of empty now? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty quiet. I it's pretty quiet. I'm shocked too, just for you know that kid being in town. That so is this just a lot of humming and hawing? Is this just a like still like basketball? Like like is this? We only love you if you're winning. The Raptors, Raptors had, there was definite talk. Like the Raptors could pass the Leafs in Toronto in terms of popularity. That definitely happened. And I, I will, I will say they're a tough watch, boys. Yeah, they are just Boy. a mishmash group of a not a good team. Anyways, All right. Okay, Elliot was there last night too. As promised, the star of our show remembered us. Let's bring in Elliot Friedman, Hockey Night in Canada, and Thirty Two Thoughts. You good? Oh, I'm you had good to, guys. How are oh, you guys I, doing? It explains everything. You had to do your hair before you joined us. <laughs> no, I, I was listening Dynamite. to Sam's talk, tell everyone how he had better seats than I did last night. So I was, I was enjoying that. Have, have you have you looked in the mirror lately? <laughs> I'm just wondering. You know what, uh, Nick? Uh, no, I, I I know what I look like. It doesn't get any <laughs> I I thought maybe this is you pulling your hair out trying to figure out how many games Morgan Riley is going to get. <laughs> I cannot wait until this is over. <laughs> like, I am so tired of this story. I know. What oh do you, uh, first of all, like, unlike anything else, right? There's a, there's, there's a suspension and then there's a Toronto Maple Leaf controversial suspension. And I like, is, is it true you're getting hammered from both sides on, on, on where you kind of stand oh, on yeah. this, I guess? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know what? Like on Saturday night, so when, you know, it happened, I was waiting for Sportsnet to post the replay so I could retweet it. And uh, I tagged uh, player safety. Let's see what at I NHL. Department hey, of just just safety, in case they I, missed it. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, if I hadn't told them. They would they never have, have known. known it happened. I saw people calling Sir you John a narc. Elliot. You narc. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like I, you know, to be honest, I didn't even realize I did it. So I just didn't even think about it. I just did it. And then, like, all the Leaf fans are calling me a narc. And it was so funny. I was laughing my head off. Like, one guy, like, I used to have a program that deleted all of my tweets after three months. I guess it doesn't work anymore. So there were people who went back through all my tweets. They sent me screenshots of it. And they're like, you have never tagged Department of Player Safety before. And so this proves how much you hate the Maple Leafs. And I was <laughs> laughing. My we got a cheese-eating rat in here. That's the, so old, then, the so departed. Then, so then when I said that, when I wrote that, or I said on the pod that I didn't think it was deserving of, like, an in-person hearing, like, then the Sanders fans came at me. But the best part was that the people who got mad at me for narking on the Leafs, like, they were, they were sending me DMs saying, this isn't good enough. You have to go further <laughs> to prove your loyalty. Like it was, I was showing some of this stuff to my buddies, and they were dying laughing. It, it's wild, man. It is really wild. Well, wait till they find out the NHL's fixed, like the NFL, and it's yeah. all been predetermined. Elliot's going to leak the script. The script is in. Yeah. yeah. So where I mean where are we at on this whole thing? I, I mean I, I I asked you I sent you a text the other day and you're explaining to me that the frequency of someone getting an in-person hearing and then having it walked back from six games is wildly uncommon. Yeah, it's two. I found two. I, I found two cases. I, I found a uh, a uh, John Moore suspension from 2014 where it was an in-person hearing and uh, he got five games and that was a headshot. 
and I found one from uh, Dmitry Kulikov. It was a clip on Tyler Sagan from 2015, and he got four games. Those are the only two examples I have. Like, I, like I, I think the Maple Leafs initially, when they got out of Saturday night, I think they thought that, you know, Riley might get two or three games, uh, maybe three. But, like, uh, when it was in person, there just isn't – like, I, honestly, guys, I thought Riley was going to get two games, maybe mm. three. That's what I kind of thought. But then when it was in person, I was like, oh, they better be prepared for six. And you know what teams think, whether it's right or wrong, they think that the numbers kind of made up or made the not made up, but they think in a lot of ways that the Department of Player Safety, rightly or wrongly, they feel that they've made they've made their decision before you go in. Uh, but, you know, all you can do is present the best defense you can and hope you can convince it to shave it down. Like, I, I really got the impression that if, if Toronto gets out of there and Riley gets four games, they're going to consider that a major victory. Do you think they would still appeal four games? I think it's possible. Uh, I, I do. I think it's possible. I don't know. Like, to be honest, if it was me, I said this to a couple people today, Justin, if it was four games, I would just get out of there and say that's a W. Uh, but that's not my decision to um, make. Unless they just, regardless of money possibly being saved for a player or or getting it reduced, they, they just want to hold you accountable on the reasons why and write them down mm-hmm. on paper for me mm-hmm. so we have something to look back on. Yeah, you know, I, I think that the reason why here uh, – Nick is is clearly because it, to me it, it was a revenge play. Like it wasn't revenge, like Spezza was seeking revenge, or wasn't revenge that like the way Perron was seeking revenge. It was revenge for the play by Ridley Gregg, the the, the new villain in the in the in the movie of this Toronto Maple Leafs season. Uh, but also, I think because it happened after the play, it happened at a time where the play was supposed to be dead. I know the NHL really frowns on that, um, but. You know, again, I, I think the same thing, Nick. I, I, I'd love to see everything written down. I'd love to see – like, if you wanted to, they could have done a pay-per-view of this hearing today and they would have made oh, millions. The cap the cap would go up $10 million <laughs> if you could sell pay-per-view to this one today. What do you make of all the online videos, you know, the Zapruder-style films being like, this didn't get this or this got that as comparables – is it just a lot of Leafs fans, you know, trying to you know, put their finger on the scale a little bit, or is there some merit in some of the the previous non calls? Well, when I watch this stuff, you know, the, the number one thing I think of, honestly, Justin, is thank God for these people because they're the reason we all have jobs. Like these are the people right, they who love are uh, they, they are keeping us employed. They care a lot. They, they're really passionate. Like I'm joking with you about the DMs, but. You know, the vast majority of them, I, I think, are really funny, and I, and I really do enjoy them. And, uh, um, you know, like these, like the Leaf fans, they really care. They really care. And I have no doubt that there was someone in that in that office looking at some of those plays. Like if, if they didn't remember the chase on play or they didn't remember the Joel uh, Edmondson, Wayne Simmons play, I guarantee the Maple Leafs were clipping all these. Like, you know, what I wrote today, going through all of the uh, suspensions or, or disciplinary measures that have been taken for cross-checking, someone said to me this morning, like the, after I wrote it, that the Leafs were doing that too. They were going through every cross-checking 
penalty or suspension or non-suspension or fine and saying, how does this compare to what Riley does? So, um, like, like, I think it's great. I think fan engagement is great. I think these are passionate people. And I have, I, I wish sometimes people did my homework for me back in the day, like some people did the, some of the Leafs homework for them over the past couple of days. Like, you know, it's, and, and guys, like, you both played big games, big rivalries. You know, this Toronto-Ottawa rivalry, it's been dead for a few years. And now we're all wondering, okay, when's that, that first game of the season? Like, you know, Toronto-Montreal usually play the first Wednesday night of the season. I wonder now if it's going to be Toronto-Ottawa opening night next year. Just because after this, everyone's going to want to see the next time these two teams play each other. And all it took was an empty net slap shot to get it going. <laughs> We're joined by Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night well, Canada. You know, Nick, like, 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 when you played, like, what would you have, what would you have been expected to do if that happened when you were out there? Acme Dynamite, like Wiley Coyote, he, they would have dropped <laughs> yeah. an anvil from it's, the rafters. It's right up there with uh, <laughs> uh, the pumpernickel, right by your bench, yeah. right? <laughs> For sure. So, Elliot, uh, we got to talk. Uh, trade deadline it's it's sneaking yeah. up here and we mm-hmm. still have a lot of teams kind of that you know middle ground on what to do and are we in it or are we not in it uh and and seattle would be one of them minnesota wild nashville you'd think calgary would be but we know they can't be they have to unload no. and i'm thinking yeah, they're, they're looking to move yeah, yeah. and and i'm thinking like the haul that they could get between Tan of Hannafin and Markstrom should excite Calgary Flame fans in the near future. Well, I, I think also, too, the way they've played in the middle of all this, it hasn't been easy, but they had a great road trip. And, and they, they, I thought they, well, they lo- I looked a little bit worn out in what I saw last night of the Ranger game. They competed pretty hard. They, like the one thing I think Calgary has done really well is, is I think that they, they, Nick, they've identified some young NHL players who would do well with opportunity. Like you look at uh, uh, Sharon Govich this year. That's a perfect example. He's a guy who got knocked out of the top six in New Jersey, but they said this guy, you know, we think there's an opportunity for him and he's been one of their best players. You know, Kuzmenko, He's look. Is he as good as he was last year in Vancouver? No. But is he as bad as he was this year in Vancouver? No. There's a player there, and I think that's one thing that the Flames have done very well is identify guys who might benefit from a new shot with them. But I agree with you. I mean, between what they can get for Tanev and what they can get for Hannafin and what I think they might have gotten for Markstrom had this trade gone through. Um, then, then I think I think they're they're rebuilding well and they're playing hard. Like the one thing Calgary said is this is not a total rebuild for them. They do want to get guys who can play now, and they've done that. But I, I like the moves they've made, and I think they've got a chance to do a few more. I think the other one here that was interesting with this whole Markstrom situation is is uh, New Jersey. It says to me that New Jersey has not given up on the playoffs this year. Now, they're looking for a goalie with term. That's why they were willing to do Markstrom. The Markstrom, this deal came pretty close to happening. But it also says to me that they're not interested in waiting for the offseason. They want to go now. And especially if Riley misses some time here, you know, the Leafs are generally in a good spot. They've got the best points percentage of all those teams on the bubble. They've got games in hand. But, you know, I, I, it says to me that teams like the Devils are not giving up on their playoff hopes for this season. 
Yeah, yeah, the the Leafs are in that spot. The Flyers are still in who, you know, they I mean, they've won a few, but you don't expect them to stay too hot. So, you know, we see the Lindholm thing happen. Tanev sounds like it's going to happen at some point. There seems yep. to have been a shift in mindset for GMs in terms of getting it done early, being the first one to make this move when everyone is coveting certain players. Have you seen that change over your career, that deadline day itself is maybe not, maybe it's a deadline month now? Well, I think what happens, Justin, is there's a guy like Rutherford. He's always been like that. If you go through his history, the years where he won the Stanley Cup, he made moves early. He did uh, uh, Doug Wade, I think it was, uh, early uh, the year that they – it was either Doug Wade or Mark Recchi. He did really early the year Carolina won the Cup. He did Trevor Daly uh, very early the first time Pittsburgh won the Cup under his watch. And if you look at it this year, he did Zadorov early, he did Lidstrom, uh, uh, Lidholm early. And that led to Winnipeg making their move from Monaghan. I think, like, I, I still do think there are people who prefer to wait because, you know, there's there's a lot of GMs who believe that, like, like one of the things that's happening with Tanev is Calgary's trying to get a first-rounder for him. And right now, I don't believe there's a first-rounder on the table for Tanev. But what happens between now and March 8th that forces someone who's maybe not willing to do it to sort of say, okay, we're going to do it. And sometimes I think the pressures of the deadline force people to really tell you what they're willing to do. So I think that's always going to be the case. But I do like a guy like Rutherford who kind of says, I'm not playing by everybody else's rules. I'm playing by my rules. And my rule is I go when I want to go. Elliot, I I always uh, revert to you because you're the insider here. But uh, the money that uh, Calgary has thrown at Hannafin to me is really hard to turn down. I yes. heard as much as seven and a half. Someone told me, and this is unconfirmed, that they might be even willing to go to $8 million on an AAV for Hannafin. What are you hearing on on just the decision on not making it about money and maybe just going south of the border? What's, what's your latest intel on that? Well, I, I believe the offer was eight times seven and a half. And that was the one that was earlier in the year that they basically had a verbal agreement on. But then, you know, Hannafin changed his mind. And if it's changed since then, I don't know that. I, I believe that was the I know that was the offer back then. And I think that's the offer now. Um, so unless it's a seven times eight and a half, uh, Nick, I, I never heard of an eight salary. Yep. Uh, I heard seven and a half. Not, not saying it's wrong, but I hadn't heard that. Um, but that's you know that's the figure. It's it's the sixty million dollar range. And um, look, do we know a higher percent what the answer is? Not officially, um, but uh, I I definitely think that there's it's a situation, uh, Nick, where every day this goes without a deal, the more other teams are saying he's in play. So, um, you know, I, I really do feel, Nick, that until we get a signing, the other teams are going to assume that he's available. Yes, I do think his preference is to go to the United States. Um, I, I believe that was indicated last summer. And then Hannafin sort of softened that. But I, I still think that's the preference. But, you know, Nick, like I've heard a lot of people tying Hannafin to Toronto I would say this. I, I think if Toronto wanted to make a deal right now, if I don't think he would have a problem with with Toronto as a step in between now and between previous team and next team, a rental. But I think the 
Yeah, but I think the odds would be pretty long he would sign long-term here. I could always be wrong, but that's my read on it. So how does, excuse my ignorance on this, but like, you know, his agent would talk to the team that he would potentially be traded to and say, here's a number, and that's all on the up and up with the NHL, or is that all sort of something that happens below deck? Well, I think, first of all, you can't ask for permission. Uh, Some teams are different about it than others. Some teams don't like giving that permission, Justin, Mm -hmm. uh, because they feel that they lose control of the situation. Some teams are okay with doing it if they think it's going to allow them to make a better deal. I think it's all on the preference of the trading team. However, and, you know, Doug, uh, Doug McLean, who comes on for your crazy Friday shows, your off the rails Fridays, he used to explain tampering very well in the NHL. And I would leave it to him to tell you how it works when they, when they don't get official permission. You expect, though, the Leafs to be very aggressive here, right? There's no punting it down to next year. This is a team that has star players in their prime. They got to do something here. You know, I have to say, Nick, I don't know if I would go all in this year with this team. I I don't. But I'm not making those decisions. The the Maple Leafs are making those decisions. And, look, I, I think they've weighed the possibility of a first for Tanev. They haven't gotten there yet. I, I, I'm pretty sure that I, I look, I think they had a first on the table when it was both Zadorov and Tanev. I, I, I think they are willing to trade their first rather than one of their top prospects, Nick. And that's what I would do too. But I think they'd prefer if their first went for more than a rental. I think they'd want to know that they can keep the player longer term. Either they get a player who has term or someone like Tanev who they're very comfortable that they could extend Although I think Ottawa's made it, uh, I think everybody kind of sees Ottawa in the off season as a team that's willing to throw quite a bit at Tanev. So there's there's that challenge now in the middle of all of this. But I really do think Nick that Toronto would prefer if they were using their first rounder that it's something that they would be able to hold a bit longer than just a rental. We'll see where it goes, but that's what I think their preference is. Well, Elliot, between now and March 8th, there'll be plenty names for you to comb through. <laughs> comb through, do you, Elliot. Do you, do you guys, comb. Do you guys, <laughs> do, you, that's, do you guys know that meme on uh, Twitter with the three dragons? There's the dragon, there's the powerful-looking dragon, the powerful-looking yeah. dragon, and the third yeah. dragon that looks like a complete moron. <laughs> Someone just sent me that with this three screens of your hair, your hair, and mine. <laughs> they're like... They're like... He wrote to me, he said, you look like an idiot normally, but next to the 10 out of 10 hairdos on those two guys, you look like an even bigger idiot. I'm telling you, we've worked a lot together, and this is the first time where your hair doesn't look real. <laughs> everything here is 100% real Nick. I'm well we right appreciate now. your time regardless of all nick's abuse so. the real no elliot friedman from hockey night in canada 32 thoughts thanks for coming and having some fun on our show pal pleasure guys take care See thanks you Reach. all right he's awesome he is great i love giving it to him <laughs> <laughs> he said uh doug explains tampering in a certain way yeah did you, oh, yeah. you happen to know offhand with that? Oh, it just that it happens all the time. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll throw it out there to Doug. But yeah, you go through a barista at a local Starbucks. and Yes. Have... And there's a lot of hypotheticals. Yeah. What would you say? If this were to. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
Mm. Not saying it's an offer. But. If this guy happened to be available, what do you think if this guy was involved in that? <laughs> well, there's been some tampering stuff in the NBA that they have, people have gotten charged for. Yeah. I don't think has it happened. Has people been charged in the NHL? I don't know. All I can oh, think of. Oh yeah, there's there's been yeah. some cases. All I can think of was Doug Armstrong talking about being on Hockey Canada and like you're a GM who has the ear of all the good players in the league. Yeah. Be like, you should play for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about what happened with Stevie Y and Saint Martin Saint Louis. Yeah. Right. Like it's a it's a precarious thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, game time, boys. Yep. It's game time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Now, looking at the games tonight, what do you think the line on the Leafs game is? I know. Oh, you so know. I, won't, I uh, think the, the, at home they probably would have the Leafs favorites. They're heavy favorites. Heavy. Yeah, minus 220. So, oh, my God. That's yeah. way more than I Yeah, have. so minus 220 on bet 365. Okay. What is that based on? That you got a guy still on a 70-goal pace and Mitch Marner and Willie Nylander's 100 Last game guy. of the trip for the Blues. It's that everyone wants to bet on the Leafs. They want to bet on the Leafs. So they, they bumped the line up a little bit. But to me... Getting plus one eighty on the Blues and my favorite spot out of conference. Riley Samson out, in that. out of conference opponent, red hot with a bunch of Ontario boys on it coming into Toronto. I really feel like it's a great bet. And if you want to juice up to plus six hundred, Robert Thomas has been red hot from Ontario, uh, Aurora, Ontario, plus six hundred for them to win and him to score a goal. Did you have Thomas on your team, Canada? No. You? Uh, he's knocking on the door. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, he's, do, eh? he's a really good player. Yeah, I've watched and him a couple times. Just, yeah, I think he's, he's getting player. better. And it, it was it was Doug Armstrong who dropped the Adam Oates type of reference on him. Well, his numbers are crazy. He's he's fifty seven points in fifty one games. Like he's well above a point per on a team that's and hanging on to a wild card spot. Who did he play with during that cup run? Did he play with Maroon at one point. They had that like really good line. I remember him yeah. being a rookie and him being very, very good. You know what's crazy, too, is they have guys in their team that are, like, minus 18. He's plus 16 on the Blues. So no, he's, he's, a, he's their best plus minus Which guy. is good. Really solid yeah. player. So, to me, getting him to score a goal and the Blues to win the game at plus 600 is a good bet. His average ice time is 21 minutes a night. They're using the hell out of him. Yeah, he wow. plays. Uh, and I'm looking at the, late, the latest game tonight is the Detroit Red Wings are visiting the Edmonton Oilers, which is a good game because the Red Wings have been very hot and the Oilers are scuffling a little bit, but they did come off a 16-game winning streak recently, which we may have talked about a little bit. Came up. I don't mind the Red Wings at plus 185 in this game. You know, the the the, the Oilers have been struggling. I know they played their first two good teams that they've played in a long time. That's why they actually lost because they were sick of beating tomato cans a bunch of times in a row. I don't, I don't mind the, the Red Wings as an underdog in this game. You I know really what? don't. If they win, that helps your Leafs. So don't you think bad things only happen to the Leafs? So yeah, maybe. Edmonton should win? Yeah, I think. Well, Edmonton, should, they're minus 225 favorites. So they should probably win this game. But I think that's a pretty live dog for a team that's been hot recently for the Red Wings. So uh, there you go on that one. And uh, was there any other ones yes. that I was looking at tonight? You got something for me? Calder. Oh, yes. Right. I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. Uh the Calder Trophy, you were talking about Brock Faber today in the newsroom. He's plus 300 now to be the Calder, the Calder winner. Connor Bedard, who has missed how long? Lots. I don't know exactly. Still minus 200 to be the Calder winner. Yeah. And this Faber is playing the whole game 
for Minnesota. He's going to finish. 22 minutes? Yeah, and he's, I think, above that. And he's on pace for above 50 points as a rookie D-man. Which is, like, of his historical proportions. Yeah. yeah right? his, There's his, not many guys that have done that. His total is top 10 all time, you know, on the Hughes, pace he's on. Hughes did it, right? Yep. But the pace he's on is top 10 all time for rookie assists. Like, he's unbelievable. It's such, like, it's not apples to apples when you've got a much harder position on the blue line than yeah. what Bedard goes through every night as a forward. And it's a name thing, right? Like Bedard's name, it's such a narrative award, but like it should start to tilt a little bit to uh to Brock Faber. For sure. Like I think he was minus 500 at one point. Either way, plus 300 is a great bet for so, Faber to me. Connor Bedard's played 39 games so far this year. Seems like a lot more than I would have thought, but how many has Faber played? Like what? So what's the max that that uh, Bedard can get to? To me, it's just it's it's a numbers game. Like, are you going to vote for a guy that's played sixty games? Yeah, he's probably versus... going to play in the fifties. Yeah, uh, Faber right now has played fifty-two games already. Yeah. thirty-three points. Yeah, that's I mean that's impressive, and he's only yeah, and I mean he's got thirty-three points, thirty-nine games. Bedard does, but yeah. it's going to be interesting. Forward. It's yeah. a it's now it's now back to being a race, so it's a little bit more interesting than just Bedard running away with it and. That was Game Time, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for latest odds. Find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19+. plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. I saw, okay. so, I saw something about Bedard coming back soon. I think he's back next week, potentially. All right. I saw yeah, that on NHL.com. Do you know where the, the fish bowl? I would imagine. Right? But then, you know what I would do if I were him? Uh, I would see scor- you next winter. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, what am I coming back for? It's a good point. Uh, no, this guy wants to play for sure, and wants you know, to score goals. You yes. put it, you put that fishbowl on. Maybe you'll channel his inner world juniors from Halifax, where he just goes on an absolute yeah. tear. So gets, gets wild. There you go. We can, okay, we're going to take a quick yep. break. Uh, when we return, we'll talk about that magic one thousandth NHL game. Alex Petrangelo just hit it last night with the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll tell you who's next. Who's on tap tonight? to hit the same mark when we return to Real Kipper and Bourne. Teeing up the biggest games of the night, it's the fan pregame with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Weekdays at 6 p.m. on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, and wherever you get your podcast. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. Last night, the Golden Knights honored Alex Petrangelo. Played in his 1,000th NHL game. That's a fantastic number. So many. That's actually 1,000. What did your dad end up? You know what? Not a huge number. He played 14 seasons. I. Th- I That's close. 80 or something. I don't think. Was he hurt a lot? I don't know. <laughs> Let me check. Was there less games in a season? 964. 964. I yeah. So that's close, close then. Oh, yeah. Well, with how yeah. many playoff games, too? I'm sure you 139 played. 139 points. So, yeah, games. he was at 1,100 NHL games. So. 96 playoff Let points. Let me go ahead and walk that back. Sorry, Dad. Sorry. 96 playoff points. very, like, you've played regular season games and playoffs. Well, they just lumped them all in together. Well, to me, it, they're not less valuable NHL they're games. More, <laughs> so it should be like the, the, there was a that, that myth that one – Playoff suspension is really like three regular season games. Yeah. So it should be the same thing in, in, the, in the playoffs. And a half of the playoffs or something. Yeah, that's a lot of playoff games. Jeez. Does Alex Petrangelo get the credit he deserves for being a great player? Because I think I, I really 
got to watch him in my last year with Hockey Night in Canada. We covered the St. Louis Blues yeah. Stanley Cup he was so championship. Good. And I'm telling you, he Calm completely down. took me to another level on his his appreciation or my lack of appreciation for him until I saw him in that Stanley Cup final. So we had this conversation uh, while you were making insider phone calls, Sammy and I, Hall of Famer, not a Hall of Famer, Alex Petrangelo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's on my Hall of Fame. For sure. It's actually a much easier case than yeah. it sounds like. You know, a lot of guys are like, well, two, it's not that hard. Two Stanley Cups. Yeah, with different teams as a captain, not the captain, but a captain on both those teams. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I know Mark Stone had the C on his shirt, but he could have easily been uh, right there with Mark Messier captaining two teams to the Stanley to a Stanley Cup championship. In one of my favorite clips of all time from Petrangelo, when he's playing in that weird Lake Tahoe oh, outdoor boy. game and McKinnon <laughs> picking up pace through the neutral zone. Oh boy, and he's got six hundred points, five ninety six yeah. right now. To be and if you know, if we had, wow. uh, if we got. Doug Armstrong back on our show as we had him in, a, in the first hour. And if uh, you haven't had a chance to uh, to hear him, please download it because uh, Doug's a really good listen. I believe if Doug Armstrong had a, a do-over, he would have found a way to sign him and keep him in St. Louis. Think so? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Also, in terms of playoff games, this guy's played 132 playoff games to go with this 1,000 Regular season yeah. games. So massive, massive numbers. And I mean, probably, no probably going to add 10, yeah, 15 this year to that number. Also, the most shocking thing about Petrangelo, because you don't think about him like this, he's 6'3", 215. Mm-hmm. And he's got a mean streak. Yeah, we saw that oh, one. The Leon Whack. Loved it. Yeah, we saw that and one. And he's ultra competitive. You so, know, pretty good combo. We just described I, I, it. And honestly, <laughs> clear, uh, Hall of Famer. Again, George McPhee and uh, and uh, Kelly McCrimmon, terrific uh, additions the last few years. Mm-hmm. But Petrangelo, for me, is when you establish that you're not only signing a great player, but you're signing a winner, mm-hmm. right? He's got the secret sauce. Yep. He did it already. That That, to me, took Vegas to another level. Isn't, did we say Marchand is hitting a thousand? The second sorry, man. Sorry, I stepped on your bit. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's, you know, Ed McMahon did it all those years for Johnny Carson. It's okay. Did he? It's the most insulting thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> You're like, who, who's Ed Please McMahon? Please call me Andy yeah. Richter. <laughs> no, I don't, know, I don't know any of these. Okay, guys. you don't know yeah, any of them. Yeah. Brad Marchand hits 1,000 yeah. games tonight for the Boston Bruins. And uh, where do we have him in terms of... I don't know. Hall of Famer, maybe? Wow. I don't know. Can he sneak in there? Is, it, does he need to sneak in there? Is he going to get in there naturally? Well, Brad Marchand, 1,000 NHL games uh, in the regular season, has 910 points, which is really, really good. 146 playoff games with 128 points in those. I mean, those are massive numbers on both sides for a guy who plays a role beyond the point getter, right? I mean, God, he, he's got a case, depending how the Listen, next... I, I, I just, when I think of Hall of Famers, I think of game, game changers. Guys who were the best guy in the league or top three for a number of years of their career. A guy that can influence a game and a series. So your point is, 
you don't think of them that way. I do. Oh, you do? Oh, no, I, I, I do. I, I am impactful yeah. player. Yeah. Like, I, would, I get the numbers. I would agree with that. Right? He has had an impact. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe he I'm needs in. maybe he needs a couple of more years. I I don't know. But Pile up the numbers. I I like him a lot. If he gets to a thousand points, which is pretty reasonable, right? He's in season fifteen, ninety points to go. Uh yeah, I can see it for sure. He's he's definitely got a case. Um, and an interesting evolution in his career. You know, here in Toronto, a lot of the talk of Ridley Gregg has been, you know, oh, he was like Brad Marchand in junior. He had that. He has that Marchand sort of quality to him. That's a hell of a compliment for a guy who's earned heart trophy votes over the course of his career. So, um, yeah, he is the, the the best case scenario for guys who are gritty in the early early days of their career. Brad Marchand against Tampa Bay Lightning tonight for his 1,000th yeah. game. And, uh, Sammy, three-point game coming there. Hey? For sure. <laughs> I, I did hear that uh, Tampa's in on Hannafin, too, to replace Sergeyev. It's crazy how many people are in on Listen, Tanev when in, Hannafin is available. In means that you're making calls, you're inquiring. It doesn't mean that you can get the deal done or that you have enough assets. Mm-hmm. I, offhand, I can't tell you how much of the cupboards left in Tampa because we've seen them over the years make some significant yeah. moves to to shore up their Stanley Cup championships over the years. Yeah. They would be in a position like... Uh, Toronto, where it's like, okay, how much, how much more you want to drain? Yeah, we we had an interesting guy on in the first hour, and Doug Armstrong, president GM of the of the St. Louis Blues, they won the cup in twenty eighteen. Is that correct? Twenty eighteen. Uh, just five six years ago, right? Is that my crazy uh, there? Twenty eighteen. Blues, yeah. Blues nineteen. Yeah. Eighteen nineteen. Yeah, that's right. Because Caps yeah. were the year yeah. before, so, so that's only five years ago, four or five years yeah. ago. Of their 21 draft picks in the next three years, they have 22. You know, so they have won a cup. They are in a playoff spot. They have all of their draft picks plus. I mean, how unbelievable GM job is that? So I look at Tampa Bay and go, they're clearly going to be in a different position at some point, like the Leafs are at some point, where it's like Chicago, where you hit this high and then you bottom out. It's rare to do what the St. Louis Blues have done. Yeah, except that Chicago Blackhawks have three of those big shiny mugs big, that, they, yeah. that they can look back on and enjoy as right. opposed to the Leafs going through the process with one round win. That gets you through the dark days yes. for sure. Yeah. Um, other piece of news, the Salt Lake City unnamed team uh, is going to play host to a, t- a game next year. The Kings and Golden Knights have a preseason tilt scheduled in Salt Lake City Salt next Lake. year. They're horned up. I mean, they're the Leafs just, horned up. They're, they're going just, there. They're dying just to get there. take Arizona now and have all the exhibition games you want next year. You know what? Utah should just be this team, the this state that just grabs everyone else's leftovers and keeps the name. So we're the Utah Jazz, even though it's the least <laughs> jazzy state. And now we're the Salt Lake City Coyotes, which I love. Are they coyotes in Salt Lake? No idea. What's who cares? <laughs> now on they're the coyotes. Salt Lake City Silver Tips, boys. That's it. <laughs> it's a good name. I know. It sounds really good. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, I'm sold on that one. So Everett's gonna have to give up the name. And uh, I guess there's lots of teams. It's just like the NHL have... being like, we're the four nations face off now. And it's like, yeah. didn't that exist for another? Anyway. Kitchener Rangers. They're like, yeah, we're the Rangers too. Yeah, They've it. been around forever too. So maybe they were first. Uh, last night we, we, we spoke earlier on the show about uh, a great game against the Rangers and Calgary Flames. Uh, Calgary did lose one of their uh, young players, Jacob uh, Pelche. Mm-hmm. Did you see the hit? No. It was. Yeah. It was. Uh, 
Truba, Truba came down on him. And we heard the, the panel last night. I was listening to uh, Ace, uh, Anson Carter, mm-hmm. and uh, Luke, and uh, Colby talk about this particular play because it goes into kind of like that whole kind of system now around the league is like these stretch wingers. Mm-hmm. So he was, LJ was up at the blue line. Yeah. And he got clipped the moment he had the puck. Jacob Truba just stepped right into him and great hit. No problem with it. Yeah. No, no, no. Clean hit for sure. But like what happened to the days where you just pull a defenseman down to the hash marks? You want to come and get me, come and get me down here. But yeah, they either blow to, the zone or they're sitting on the blue line. Didn't have to travel far to get them. Well, and that's the thing I would say that like bugs me a little bit with the whole push the pace thing is that winger is supposed to cut across and take someone yeah. with him. And often you just see guys going straight, blowing the zone. D-man's not going with them. Or there's the D are so far backed yeah. off, you're skating into traffic. There's no actual decision-making being made. They're just like, coach says go, and they go. So The one thing that, uh, that I, the guys didn't mention on the panel was the fact that Belche, too, is standing a foot from his bench. And you could see are not... They- one word. guy on the mm. bench said, heads up. You got 18 guys. You got four coaches. You yeah. got trainers. Can somebody heads up, heads up, tell heads up, them heads up, heads up, heads up. Jacob Truba is coming? That, that's, where, that's where a lot of responsibility has to come to that bench going, boys, let's talk here. Yeah. Make your... Your eyes, your ears, and your ears, your eyes. Tough spot for that kid, too, because he had been hurt, excited to come back, play at Madison Square Garden. He talked about how thrilled he was and, um, yeah, obviously didn't get to play much of the game. So too bad on that one. Uh, Seattle in the island tonight. Seattle's one loss away from being complete sellers for you right now. Yeah, I mean, they should just be complete sellers for me. It's not just how many points back they are right now. They're six points out of a wild card spot, but they're behind the wild, the Flames, the Preds. You know, they got to go over so many teams. I just, they're not that good. They can't score goals. They're 2-7, won their last 10, lost three straight. Can I give you a dream target for the Toronto Maple Leafs from that team? Can I guess it first? Is it Alexiak? He's, I would enjoy that. No. Uh, oh, Yanni Gord. Larson? Oh, yes. That's not happening. No? They love Gord, eh? Well, but Gord, Gord uh, you're going to give up, what's Gord have? Is he, I think he's, I think is he's, his getting, deal done? he's getting there. I think he's getting there. He Does he have another year half. left? I'm just looking at it right this second. He what? makes four and a half, or, eh, yeah. What? <laughs> he makes five one. Five one this year and next. It's a big ticket. Yeah, but. I don't, I, uh, you have to get the you can, somewhere. but it's going to cost you a first. And but yes, I love the competitiveness yes. of that guy. I've like, always loved him as a player. Perfect in the least bottom six. Play him up the lineup Listen, a little bit. Kill also, penalties, uh, be in people's face. There's an arms race for centermen. So that drives up the value of a guy like Gord. Do you think? Well, Monahan. Everybody, if 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 Monahan with a bad hip can can get traded for a first rounder. Everybody's licking their chops. I gotta say, I'm not as excited about that pickup for the Jets. So but I'm hopefully. just looking at Yanni Gord's uh, cap friendly page, mm-hmm. and uh, Bukula's pro hockey group scouting report is on there. And the professional re- report overall rating of an 83 when weighted against counterparts of the following talent levels for third line. 
I so. saw him actually punch a guy's nose off his face. Like it actually ripped the oh, nose. He's it's, an it's, animal. It's, <laughs> he can score. The Kraken, they're not getting rid of Gord, but they're getting rid of not a hockey uh, fight. Wenberg. <laughs> so you know, okay. That, that's who, yeah, okay. Great. I'm not, I, I don't mean Great. to be Jenner, Renberg, uh, Scott Lachlan. Those are the centermen that are going to, that are all Boone out there. Jenner, talk to me. Right? Yeah. Who was Jenner? But that, those are those are first round hey, picks Jenner? plus. Bruce Jenner? You mean Boone Jenner? Boone. Yeah, Boone. What did I say? Bruce Jenner. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, let's yeah. not do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, I'm it. old. No, it's fine. Yes, I know. Yeah, Going hey. back to the 76 Olympics. Yeah. The, the Wheaties. Uh, that, if, if Sean Monahan is worth a first, like Boone Jenner, worth a lot to Columbus. But if you're the Blue Jackets, like, what? I mean, something's got to give here, doesn't it? Whether it's players or Kekalainen or. Kekalainen will be in the summer. They just don't want to pay the other guy. When the season's over, yeah. I don't know. But what's the point now? Just you know, let him make more decisions based on how those decisions have panned out? Yeah. I yeah, selling's wouldn't easier believe than that, buying. Uh, you know, he'd completely have a green light to do whatever he wants at this point. Yeah. Some, some heavy oversight in Columbus. Yep. Bring me All Yanni right. Gord. All right, just like that, two hours up. Our thanks to Doug Armstrong, president and general manager of the St. Louis Blues, and Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. 11 games on tap. Busy tonight in the National Hockey League. Enjoy your game. You going to the game tonight? I am going to the game tonight. I'm going to do that uh, Jumbotron uh, Troops. Yes. Oh, are you cool? Yes. Love that, Kippy. Yes. Hey. I work for food in the <laughs> alumni room. Enjoy your games, everybody. Thanks for watching and listening to The Real Kipper and Born Show.